0: Hey guys, it's such an honor to be with you all tonight. Is there any happy people in the church? I'm big on joy, so there's, there's, I think it's actually unbiblical to see a sad Christian. So we can talk later about that. So if you, you came to the right place, joy is a person and he's here to uh, creep up on you tonight. Um, okay, it's an honor to be with you. Who's got their Bible? You got their Bible? iPhone? Maybe you have an iPad? MacBook? Chromebook is a thing. Oh, is this on? Can you guys hear me? I kind of got a big head, though. <laughs> this is like as close as. Are we good? Can you guys hear me? Or should I. Okay. Someone yell at me if I need to move to that thing. That's my wife. Okay. iPhone, iPad, Chromebook, Samsung, whatever it is. Flip to Psalm 91. And if you're one of those few that has, like, the Samsung, there'll be Deliverance Ministry at the end, <laughs> where you can switch to Apple. Stupid joke. We won't use that one again. Okay, anyways, Psalm 91, are you there? If you don't have a Bible, that's okay. Go to and nudge your neighbor. Just say, hey, I'm going to need to peek over. Are you guys there? Before we jump into the chapter, I kind of want to share my goal for tonight, Um, And kind of like a pastoral prophetic word about what we're going to be talking about tonight. So my goal tonight is actually what uh, uh, Alex kind of prayed it a bit. It's it's pretty simple. Tonight uh, we're going to talk through Psalms 91 and and we're going to talk about the secret place. The secret place is what we're going to talk about tonight. And and so really my goal for tonight is to provoke you, to inspire you, to actually um, make your heart burn for what you were made for. And that's the secret place. And, and, and so really, my goal for tonight is also for us to, and this is where I, I a couple months ago, we got the teaching schedule. It was like a couple months ago, uh, I'm, this is the first time I'm teaching in this Series, so I had some time to think, and so I was really thinking, okay, God, yeah, we're focusing on David, but when I was getting alone with God in the secret place, we'll talk about this later, is when I was getting alone with God, He was really kind of stirring in me of this prophetic, almost pastoral word to give to you guys about the season that we're in, He remind and where we're going. He kind of started reminding me that if some of you guys are new, we are a church plant, but we're also come October, which is really exciting, about to hit uh, the one year mark, so that's super exciting. Um, and I don't, I'm don't. i sure the, like, that one year feels like five years and two weeks. It's really weird. But we're about to hit one year. And God was just kind of reminding me that in that first year, as leaders, as pastors, as our team, what we were doing was really saying, okay, this is going to be a year of teaching, a year of laying down foundations." So if you guys remember, we uh, went through our core values as a church. We also laid a foundation. Um, we've been doing our best to lay a foundation of just worship. Of this is who we are, we're a people that worship, we love the presence, and then also over the past year we've been really focusing on a foundation of just family, very practically, I think if you've been with us, I think going into about a year, you're practically, you're probably looking around and seeing some of the same faces, we're starting to see family, see people, I'm sure you've made some friends, so we're laying that foundation, and so, when, when I knew I was going to speak, God started, I was just saying, God, wh- what are we doing now going into our next year? What are we doing? And, and I just really felt very simple. Some of this language you maybe have heard from us before. Alex talks about it a lot. But I heard this phrase. I felt like God said, you guys start it. Honestly, I'll be bold enough to say, I, I, I believe there's a shift coming to our church starting tonight and going into the fall where it's giving our full yes as a family more than we ever have before. And What I mean by that is it starts corporately, but it also, I think tonight's message, the way that it can provoke you, is I I keep saying, and it's stirring my heart, that tonight, no one is safe. (laughs) This message can actually affect every single person in this room to the point where I think corporately, we're going to give a full yes to to God and his kingdom, and we'll talk more about what that yes means, but also how many of you know for that corporate yes to happen, it also has to happen personally. That I know that I'm going into a season of, oh, it could be something as little, I'm giving up that TV show, or I'm giving up that time of night. Or also, God was also reminding me of, another thing that we talk about a lot is we moved to Newburgh to see revival. That's what we did. We believe God is raising up revivalists, and that's not just a, um, a cool, fun phrase. Really what it is, is get this, revival is just a group of people falling in love with the reviver. I'll say that again. Revival is simple. It's just a group of people coming to get together and falling in love with the reviver. That's Jesus. And so I believe we moved to Newburgh to see a move of God, to see revival come. And so I was also thinking about in the shift coming into the new year um, that I was thinking about past revivals that I've heard of. Maybe these are new to you. One that sticks out, there's one called the Welsh Revival. And the one that's very popular is uh, the Jesus People Movement that happened in the 70s. And so I believe that that type of move of God is going to come to Newburgh. That actually it's gonna take, if you you research some of those revivals, really what it was was just an ordinary group of people that decided to give their full yes like they never have before. Amen, pretty simple. And I believe for Saints Hill Church, it's gonna include so many different churches here, but I believe that God is moving us into a season to actually say, hey, I'm gonna be the one to give the full yes. I'm going to be the one internally and personally to give up things. We're, we're stepping into a season of, I believe, um, full consec- consecration, full holiness, full actually saying, hey, I want to be set apart for the kingdom. And I think in hearing about those revivals and seeing how they came, it was corporately a group of people just saying yes, I believe that it also, what get this, what is going to start the revival and what's going to sustain it, is us personally going into the secret place. So let me say it again, how it's gonna start, but what's gonna keep sustaining the revival, because revival was never supposed to be just a time and place, it's actually supposed to be a lifestyle, is us moving into the secret place. So it's a group of people surrendering everything for one cause. I think everything God has for us and this revival's coming is sustained through communion with him, getting alone with him. So we're gonna talk about that tonight. Psalms 91 is about the secret place. Psalms 91 is probably maybe a f- very familiar psalm for some of you. Um, you maybe remember hearing it in a song, reading it when you were young. But when I was r- like studying Psalm 91 again, I started re- like being re- reminded that the things that are familiar, the issue with them is that they can get familiar, right? And jumping back into this psalm, I started realizing how powerful this psalm truly is I think it's important to re- revisit familiar things because what happens, and what I've been chewing on for the past month is just this chapter, just chewing on it and chewing on it, and what happens is the thing that used to be familiar, all of a sudden the spirit of revelation hits me and you start seeing new things. That's kind of what we're gonna talk about. The secret places, is getting alone with him, reading the word, doing that kind of stuff. It's powerful because it's a living word and God is drawing us into holy conversations with him about his word. And in this psalm tonight, I'm excited because this psalm, through this psalm, we'll see the amazing blessings that follow a believer that will devote themselves to the secret place. God is very clear in this psalm about, hey, if you, if you search after me, if you call me your dwelling place, I will bless you. And we're about to see those. So actually, to read it, let's all stand. Do you have your Bible in front of you? Psalm 91? Yes? I know Jack does. Here's the thing. When I speak, I need some participation. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, anyways. So how many of you, Psalm 91 in front? Yes? Okay. Church is fun, right? Okay. Okay. So now while I read this out loud, I'd love for you to follow along, taking every word, but I want you to pay attention to the language of this psalm. And also, I almost, when you're reading it, open up your spirit. I want you to pay attention to how your spirit feels when I read it. One, get this, one evangelist and theologian, his name is G. Campbell Morgan, he said this about this psalm, and I love it. He said, This psalm is one of the greatest possessions of the saints. (laughs) That's pretty cool. Saints Hill Church, I'm believing that this psalm is going to shift us into a season where it actually, I'm praying for you that this psalm becomes one of your greatest possessions. It can change your world. I love this psalm because it's super bold, it's very cheerful. And when you read it, it really is a solid declaration of truth. And each line, when we read it, you'll watch. Each line just keeps growing in faith and faith. And by the end of it, I feel like God's going to pour out so much courage and hope over you guys. Um, So let's read this together. When we're reading it, I want to pay attention to verse 1, 9, and 14. Okay, I'm reading out of New Kings James Version. Here we go. He who dwells in the what? Secret place. That's fine. He dwells in the secret place of the most high, shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler. Don't really know what that is, but I don't want that. And from the perilous pestilence, he shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth. So we love truth around here. His truth, what he says about you, shall be your shield and buckler. You're gonna make over here. Shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand. Get this, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. Verse 9. Here we go. Because. In the Bible, I love becauses. You'll see why. Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. So because you've done that, get this. Here's the fruit. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. So pause for a second. You get stretched out? You're still standing? I like this. What he's saying is that there's actually angels. I've heard it said before, it's pretty foolish to worship angels, but it's almost, is equally foolish to ignore them. So there's actually angels on assignment for you, and what their job is, is to help you in all your ways, and if you ever trip, or your foot gets hit against a stone, whatever that may be, they will bear you up. And I love this, verse 13. That foot that has been bared up, you shall tread upon the lion and the cobra. The young lion and the serpent, you shall trample underfoot. Here we go, verse 14. You love the because. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high, because he has known my name. He shall call on me and I will answer him. That's a really good friend. I will be with him in trouble. You have no fear. I will deliver him and honor him. Promotions coming your way. With long life, I will satisfy him. You're gonna be happy. And show him my salvation. He's about to reveal his righteousness and therefore your righteousness, amen? How many of you love this song? That's pretty good. It's pretty good. What I love about it, go ahead and just stay standing just for a second, just because it feels good, I guess. What I love about this chapter is that it's an awesome chapter to just chew on. It's a declaration. You can declare this over your family, over your job, over our town, over our nation. What I love, I wanna share two things real quick. The first thing of what I get from Psalm 91 when reading it is you can't help, when reading Psalm 91, you can't help but feel the Lord's fierce commitment that he has for his people, right? You can't help but see the commitment God has to deliver, to protect and to cover his people that truly go after him. Quote, what it says is, the people that set their love upon him. I love it. When we read this, we actually see that if you choose to love him, God is actually saying, this is how committed I am to you. Just like how we've said before, and even biblically, like tonight's a night to get excited because you can declare, if he's for me, then who can be against me? Amen? So you may be seated. Thanks for standing. So the, first, so the two things I want to touch on, the first is what I just shared in reading this chapter. You can't just help but see that God is making some amazing commitments to his children that call him their dwelling place. So tonight, like I said, we can have full confidence in stepping in that we actually have a God who's for us, who's on our team. Now secondly, in reading this chapter, I don't know about you, but I can't help but read it and feel a tug on my heart from the Holy Spirit. I can't help but feel the Lord saying, you, me, us, make me your dwelling place. Abide in me like no other time in your life. I truly feel that now, in going into this next season of our church, the Lord is pulling us out from the fringes, and he's pulling us into a holy conversation with him, a holy conversation that takes place in the secret place. He's drawing us into a place of affection, a place of deep surrender, and laying our life down. And what will come from this laying our life down of rushing into the secret place and calling him our dwelling place, what comes from that is so much authority and an authority like no other that comes against any life circumstance and never shifts you and who you are. See, I hear the Lord saying tonight, I feel like I heard it like all this week, that what God wanted to say, he's like, I don't want, in this next season, I don't want to just be a casual or convenient encounter for you. I don't want to just be a person that you come to when you need me, (laughs) but I want to become your permanent dwelling place where you live, that I would be the place where you fully come alive, that I would be the place where you fully abide, and where in life, whether the highs or lows, whether it's high or low, whether a good season or a bad season, you draw on me, you pull on me, and you run to our secret place. See, it's the type of laid down life where in this next season, we will declare that, hey, God, in this season, get this, you are going to be my number one source of entertainment. We're stepping into a season of revival. I'm going to be a little intense tonight. If you get to know me, I'm pretty passionate. I'm more than ever gripped by this idea of there's a harvest coming to Newburgh. And it's coming to our staff to a point where it's like, if it's just us going and going after it, that's fine. Because I feel like now's the time to step into this moment, or, and it takes these shifts where you're going to say, it's, it's even me. I'm saying, hey, in this next season of life, you are going to be my number one source of entertainment. You're going to be my number one source of stability. You're going to be my number one source of security. You're going to be my number one source of comfort and strength. And that we would draw from him first before we draw f- from anything else in life. See, I believe the Lord is drawing Saints Hill Church into that type of season. Where we actually, just like maybe those old revivals, we can learn from those. Where it's actually saying, hey, I don't know, it doesn't matter what it looks like. I'm going to be the one. And let's be real, this gets very practical because only you live with yourself. You know how much you've given. I know how much I've given. And I'm willing to be, say in this next season, I'm going to give it. Like, I've never gave it before. Amen? Now, forgive me, a bit. I want to kind of back up a tad, and I want to get real practical here. I want to talk about, quote, the secret place, and ask the question, pose the question. Next slide. What is the secret place? So some of you may feel familiar with this term. Um, Others, maybe not so much. It may sound vague to you. It also may sound like super charismatic or super spiritual. But I wanna get real practical here for a second. When I think about the word secret, I think of some other words like hidden. I think of the word private. I think of the word secluded. I even thought of the phrase top secret or confidential. Like a secret is where top secret messages are given or confidential conversations are exchanged. So in my notes here I wrote, just like we're stepping in a season of being like 07 agents for Christ. <laughs> and now when I just said revelation of that we need some new merch. It's coming. <laughs> 007 agents for Christ. I'm sure that's already very nineties. I'm sure that's already happened. Okay. But on a very practical and simple note, which I find very cool, is a secret place, is a place where secrets are exchanged. It's an even more simply put, it's a secret. The secret place is a secret, so no one knows where it is. So I love the idea, get this, I love the idea of having a place between you and the Lord that no one knows where it is, except you two. In that place, God tells you secrets that are just for you two. Let me ask you tonight, do you have that place? Do you have things, do you have special secret things that God has spoken over you that you haven't told another single person. If not, I think you should start getting them. More of a like fun note, when I was thinking about The Secret Place, we all know Hide and Go Seek, right? I don't know, I feel like I was like super good. Maybe I wasn't, I'm sure. You either know if you're good or you're not. But I remember playing Hide and Go Seek, and I was super good, and how many of you guys remember Hide and Go Seek, that energy you get when you found like the perfect hiding spot. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? And do you remember exactly how you felt when you found it? And then you would invite friends over every night to play just because you wanted to stump them. It was like every week, no one's found me there yet. No one could find you. You know, the lights are completely off or it's like pitch black outside. And then the guy starts counting, guy or girl starts counting, you sprint to the hiding place and you're crouched down where you're like in the washer, and you're like just so stinking giddy. Can you guys relate, or no? Okay, I remember I'd get so excited, and then side note, I don't know why it is, maybe this is just me, this is me being transparent. Why is it you find that perfect hiding place, and then you get there, and right when you get there, you have to pee your pants? That's like, I just remember thinking that, right? I was like, like, right when you get there, you're like this is the best place ever, but the whole time you're like stressed, and like not trying to go number one in your pantalones. Right? So I remember even how you would never obviously share your secret hiding place, but yet you're bursting inside because you're super, super excited and you want to tell your best friend where it is, but you just can't. And then also remember the times, the sense of victory that washes over your body, that comes over you when you hear the seeker just yell, Ollie, Ollie, auction free. Do you guys remember that? Okay. So really, that's just like, hey, white flag, come out, like, can't find you, you found the best spot, you're probably in a weird place where your mom doesn't want you to, but ollie ollie, auction free, and you're just so exciting, and that feeling, I know I'm being silly and kinda cheesy, but that feeling of being so excited and having that energy, that hiding place, I believe that we are gonna recapture that feeling for our heart with the Lord, about our intimate, secret place with him. So let me ask you once again, do you have that place with the Lord where no one can find you? where your spouse, your best friend, has to yell Ollie Ollie auction free because you've been with the Lord way too long? Do you have that place? It's a good place to be. See, God has a secret place, and it's made for his children. It's a, pa- a place to live in and live from. It is for the children that choose to dwell and abide there because there, when you're in that secret place, it's, that is where you know his protection. It's where you feel his love, his care for you, It's where you live from and where you cultivate enormous trust with your Father. It's the place where you start living and fully experiencing the major fruit and blessings of Psalm 91, what we just talked about. I would argue that it's the place where revival begins. The big revival that we're sensing that is coming, it starts in that secret place with God. It starts, like I said before, it starts with falling in love with the reviver. Amen? It starts with talking with him about everything. It's the place where you are constantly praying or reading the word and declaring words back to him. It's where he gives you prophetic vision for your life. It's where he gives you prophetic vision for your family and ultimately the world. I also want to note that in the, in the secret place, I would argue it's where the anointing is found for healing. Because when you get alone with him, he starts pouring out power and authority but when you live in that dwelling place and you actually live there, it's where you draw from, you move in power, but character stays in place because you know where it came from. If there's one phrase that I want you to hear tonight is God wants to create a history with you so that he can make history through you. Is this thing working? I don't really... Closer to my face, you said, right? God wants to create... And make a relational history with you so that he can make world history through you. Come on, somebody. It's pretty good. See, the secret place is where he tells you secrets. Do you have those secrets between you and the Lord? Are they fresh or do you need new secrets? It's the place where he teaches you how to be victorious and rule and reign in life. It's where he equips you for life's battles and get this, he gives you heavenly solutions and tactics so that you can be victorious in all things. See, what this reminds me of in a perfect example is actually Psalm 27. Psalm 27 starts out, this is awesome, Psalm 27 starts out with David actually crying out, kind of like, um, he's not stressed out, but kind of, <laughs> he's like crying out and sharing that there's war all around him. He says that there's wicked things around him and, he, and, and they're trying to devour him. And get this, in the middle of that, in the middle of life, saying he's looking around, he sees war, bad things are coming after him. In the middle of that, we find verses four through seven. He says this. So get this, all the crazy bad life stuff is happening and this is what his response is in the midst of that. One thing I have desired of the Lord that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the in the time of tr- trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. Secret place. Next slide. In the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. And get this, I love this. He shall set me high upon a rock. So when you get alone with God and you call him your dwelling place, he lifts you up. Just like I said, promotion's coming. He lifts you up to a heavenly place, he shall seat me high upon a rock, and now, when you're above war and your enemies, now my head shall be lifted up above all my enemies around me, and when you're up there, I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle, and I will sing. I will sing praises to the Lord. That's what the secret place does. That's a blessing of the secret place. What it does is there may be some of you, and I've, this is for sure me, my wife knows, is I err to sometimes anxiety or fear. or I just like freak out. But in this next season, I'm devoting myself to the secret place. What does that look like? I'm trusting him that when I get alone with him and when life comes, it doesn't change my circumstance, but what it does is it gives me fresh vision, prophetic vision to look out. And what's so cool is what am I gonna do when I get up there? Sing a new song. That's some good news. When we get up there, it's not getting sweaty and fighting. It's actually, oh, I get to sing a new song because I'm victorious. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Is anyone alive? Yeah. Okay. okay. See, just like this, we were made for this secret place. And what I've found to be sad and unfortunate is that I've found over the years that there are many followers of Jesus that know. And when I say no, I mean no, no. Very little about the secret place. See, many people hear the language and hear it as a super spiritual thing. Or maybe it's more for the charismatic stream. Yet it's a good note in this series, what we're doing is we're looking at the life of David. And let me remind you that he, yes, loved the spirit, but he he abided in the Lord. But also we need to remember he was like a warrior. He was a man that was well acquainted with life. He had his ups and downs. So some would maybe even say he was just a normal man. But how many of you know with David... A normal person, just like us, what happened to him wasn't so normal. He captured God's heart, and how was that? It's because he gave his life to the secret place. He actually lived and dwelled with the Lord. See, I think this this secret place is deep communion with God. I think that deep communion with God is for everyone. It's simple, it's for everyone who simply puts their full trust in God and runs to him with everything and fully surrenders their life completely that full surrender i feel like we're stepping into a season of for you i'm excited this is a very this is the best time to be alive in my opinion because of the fruit that we're about to see i would i would say we've already seen some of the first fruits of revival there's healings happening every week there's people getting saved the worship is exploding it's not just about those things but those are fresh fruits but i believe that we're about to step into a time Here we go. We're about to step into a time where I believe that we are going to be the people that fully surrender our lives. Can you imagine every Sunday, people that come here so surrendered and have a history with God, can you imagine how worship would explode? Can you imagine the number of healings that would take place? Can you imagine the room, how open space the room would be for the Holy Spirit to do whatever? Because I believe that this, I'm this passionate about this season that we're stepping into, I believe that in 10 years from now, we are gonna be a family where we look back and we actually say, oh, I remember. I remember at the end of summer, going into fall of 2019, something shifted. I gave everything and something shifted. I feel like we're on that. So next slide, I love this. I love what Charles Spurgeon said about this. He said, every child of God looks toward the inner sanctuary and the mercy seat. Yet all do not dwell in the most holy place. They run to it at times and enjoy occasional approaches, but they do not habitually reside in the mysterious presence. <laughs> See this mysterious presence called the secret places where you draw near to the Lord. Drawing near to Him is where you start learning more about Him and what moves His heart. It's the closeness that He longs for. It's the nearness that He desires. Back to Psalm 91, if you if it's still open, look at verse two. We're just gonna look at little phrases. Shadow of the Almighty is in verse two. Skip your eyes down to verse four. He shall cover you with his feathers. See, with that type of language, we see these words that are filled with intimacy, the nearness, the protection he wants to give you. That phrase, he shall cover you with his feathers. In writing that, in writing this, I had some good news. Maybe this is just for one person. I just felt like so strong in my heart that there's some people here that you would feel like that you're in a dark season. But I'd like to propose to you tonight that a new perspective is coming. A new gospel lens is coming over your eyes to the point where you actually may feel like you're in a dark season. But I'd like to propose to you that I believe that you're going to start to realize you're actually in the shadow of the Almighty. That actually you are hidden in his wings and that you're about to find the most comfort you ever have. Is anyone encouraged by that? Come on. Lastly, just thinking of the language for a second, shadow of the Almighty. This expression really implies a deep closeness. See, I think about, actually, I was writing this, I think about my friend Drew. Uh, he, uh, Drew and his wife, Christine, are visiting us from Reading. They're dear friends of ours. And he's a very tall man. Very uh, attractive man, but very tall. Um <laughs> And I don't really think he would like this, but don't worry, because God likes it. I would have to be very close to Drew walking for his shadow to cast on me, right? I'd have to walk really close. And so this, the shadow of the Almighty, is how do you get so close to someone where their shadow is always overcasting on you? It's nearness. It's drawing close. If you remember, Alex uses the metaphor a lot about the dove on the shoulder, which symbolizes the Holy Spirit, where you make every step with the Holy Spirit in mind, where you're in the shadow of the Lord. See, that's the secret place. Let's quickly look back down to verse five and six. See, where you're in that shadow, fear doesn't exist. Verse five says this, you shall not be afraid. See, when you have God as a dwelling place, oh, hold on, verse five, let me read it. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, No, the arrow that flies by day. So when you get alone with him, when you call him your dwelling place, fear is illegal. It doesn't exist. So you shall not be afraid. See, when you have God as a dwelling place, he becomes your shelter and he's your refuge. He gives you strength and courage. Guys, whenever we're in deep fear, it's a a direct indication that our trust in him is falling short. It's an indication that we're not having the Holy Spirit, who has a name called the Comforter, we're not having him do his job and comfort us. It shows that we're finding our comfort in something else that is faulty and weak. See, God, based on Psalms 91, we can clearly see God is able and he wants to defend his people. Amen? Now, moving along a little bit, my next simple question is, next slide, where is the secret place? We still alive? I'm going to drink some water. Cheers. Now, I think at this point in our talk, it's pretty clear where you choose to, in life, wherever you choose to stop and draw near to the Lord, where you, wherever you stop and choose to give him your attention and your affection, it's there that that's the secret place. And the beautiful thing with the Holy Spirit is that he lives inside of us. So the secret place is constantly moving and, if you will, can set up shop anywhere. You know, if you're at work and you're, these people are gossiping, you're like, I'm in a season of just laying everything down. I'm not going to uh, go into gossip. You go into the room and you start declaring Psalm 91 over you. That's the secret place, it goes wherever you go. However, I would like to propose tonight that there's two sides to the same coin, especially for the season that we're in now and when we're going this fall. As much as I believe the secret place is wherever you go, I like to think of the words of Jesus in Matthew six. Next slide. This is Matthew six, verse six. But when you pray, go into your room. Close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. So I even love that. But so to Jesus at this point and in this context, I would argue this could just be Jacob commentary. He's actually talking about a physical place. He's saying when you pray, go into your room. Some translations say inner room. So think like prayer closet, prayer room. Close the door. Why would Jesus say close the door? Because he knew that you'd probably open the door. Right? So we're going to a season. Everyone say, close the door. Close the door. Again. Close the door. For good measure, one more time loud. Close the door. See, close the door and pray to your father who's unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret, secret will reward you. See, I believe that Jesus is implying that the secret place is an actual physical location here. He says, when you pray, go into your room, shut the door. I believe that we are going into a season where the Lord is calling Saints Hill in this next season to shut the door. Whatever that means for you. But I do believe for the revival that's gonna pour out, it will start with us individually. Physically setting time aside to shut the door to multiple things in our life. To get in our closet. to Wherever that is for you, you can think of that place and pray. Because also, just like what Matthew 6 says, he wants to reward you. He wants to reward you for drawing into the secret place. He wants to pour out onto Newberg a revival, and it, that's the reward for people calling him his dwelling place. See, so I would once again say the secret place is wherever you go, but at the same time, it's our physical space. Like I said, it's our closet. It's that quiet, intimate place you go when you put the dog away. You know that place. Or when you lay, put your kid down for a nap. It's that, that physical place that you're going to set aside and go in this next season. Once again, the Lord wants to make a history with us to make history through us. One thing I'd like to know is he wants to change the world through the secret place. It's no mistake, I love this, it's no mistake that he says in this verse, if you look at it in your own time, but right here in Matthew 6, he's saying go into your room, what we just read, pray. And what's amazing is us drawing into our closet, so that step of obedience when we go in and close the door, it sets us up then, only two verses later, to pray that huge, powerful prayer, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See, it starts in the, in the secret place when we get alone, we start getting powerful prayers that will see revival come and change the world, amen? It starts with us being obedient, surrendering to him. Now, lastly, I want to present the question, and this may be kind of funny language here, but when and why the secret place? Well, the answer, the obvious uh, answer for when is now. Like I said before, I believe prophetically God is calling us now and going into the fall under a season of giving a full yes. It's another phrase that we use as a one mission life. So that does, it, it doesn't matter what job you have. It doesn't matter your schedule. It doesn't matter your time. God will use all of that wherever you are if you practice the secret place and lay it down like you never have before. I believe there's a time coming where when we give ourselves to this secret place, revival starts breaking out. There's a time where I believe that when we press into this, like how I said before, times of worship are going to explode. I also got this awesome picture of, I feel like, When we really, in this next season, give everything, there's gonna be so many. The harvest is gonna come in, people are gonna come in, and they're gonna be like, why am I even here? But just the atmosphere that's here, people are gonna get saved just walking through the door. People are gonna get healed without us even praying because the healer's here. That's what happens when we give ourselves to the secret place. We don't live just for Sunday. When we come here, way back in the podcast, I talk about worship. We gather here because we worship Monday through Saturday and we come here to give it all back to him. Can you imagine people that have never experienced the Holy Spirit before when they walk in and they see a people that do that? I talk about joy all the time because I think joy is probably one of the secret, most secret weapons that's gonna bring salvation. Because in the midst of all this, they're gonna see Alex, Emily, Jacob. Well, through the midst of all it, that's a person with joy. I gotta meet that person. And then, boom, Jehovah Sneaky, hello. Okay. (laughs) All right, here we go. Now, to end, I want to answer that question, why this secret place? Now, hear me for a second. In writing this, um, I don't want this to come off as, like, a doomy and gloomy type word or some type of, like, fear tactic, but in preparing for this message and reading Psalm 91, I started to get pretty, like, sobered up, very, like, now's the time Uh, Because I was reminded, based on the language of Psalm 91, that we're in a storm. How many of you know you're in a storm? You wake up, that's why I shaved my head. I was too worried of waking up and seeing a bedhead. I was like, this is a storm. I'm in a storm. (laughs) Shave the head. Just kidding. But how many of you know we're all in a storm, right? Psalm 91, the language reminded me that we're in a battle. See, looking at the context of this chapter, we can see that it's sometimes pretty intense language. This chapter talks about being delivered from pestilence, so disease, being delivered from all types of evil. We see the phrase that says, thousands may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right, but it will not come near to you. So it's saying in life, there may be hundreds, and going through life and giving yourself to revival, there may be hundreds of people falling at the wayside in death and certain things whatever it may look like but get this god gives his children an immunity from those things because we have fully found ourselves calling him and his presence our dwelling place there's a full immunity that comes a protection and a safety he's saying it won't touch you that's good news okay that's for me god gives his children an immunity like no other no other that we can walk through a war and a battle So we're in a battle. So many different levels. Maybe you're in a battle internally. Maybe a battle with families or something. I'm starting to see at my age, it's really sad, I'm starting to see friends that I was at their wedding and now they're getting divorces. I'm seeing families be torn apart. I see disease taking people out a little too early. Almost more than ever, I feel like we're in a storm and war culturally, right? We're in the battle of our minds. I see all over... Honestly, social media or just life or conversations, we're in a battle over truth. Do you guys feel that? We're in a battle over truth. More than ever, I believe we're in a state of confusion, a storm that brings confusion on you fill in the blank. So there's political wars where the enemy, I believe, is working overtime right now to do his job, steal, kill, destroy. I see and have conversations. There's constant fear and confusion on a war on, like a war towards race. a a war and confusion on gender. Whatever it is, fill in the blank. And this could just be some Jacob commentary here for a bet, so take it for what it's worth. But what I sense more than ever is that we're in a nation and we're in a world that I find, truly, I do find that people are really hungry for truth. Yet once you get close to truth, I've seen it happen with some friends, and it's happened to me, once you get close to truth, you're afraid to speak it out because does anybody really know what the truth is? So you're afraid to speak it out. And the real truth is very controversial. And to bring it even more home for me, like a pastor, is that I've found that the true simple gospel is one of the most controversial things right now. And I would say that we are in a time more than ever where people need the truth of Jesus and the church has that truth, yet I have found that the church has grown, grown very silent. In a time where the church should be talking and declaring truth, we have given in to anxiety and fear, and we've actually kept our mouth shut. But I believe, here's some good news. So the way that the enemy has caused division in the church and has pushed us to be silent, I'm more than, more than ever believing that the Lord is going to use that scenario and twist it, twist it on its head and see how the church may feel hidden. God is actually moving the hidden church into the hidden place called the secret place. Come on that more than ever the church is called to get alone with God and make him their dwelling place. And what happens is we're gonna get his perspective on things and be realigned in truth. And then we are gonna be people that come out of our prayer closets with so much boldness and truth that will shift things culturally. And it's gonna bring peace and clarity like never before. See, I believe that when we humble ourselves and give our lives to the secret place, we will come out with boldness and preach the never-ending grace And mercy that comes from Jesus, which I know for a fact we could never exhaust that mercy and grace. But also, get this, I radically believe that when we come out of the closet, we're going to have mercy and grace on our lips. But also, we're going to radically, in love and gentleness, preach a needed change for radical repentance and holiness. We're going to preach... Mercy and grace, but also the truth of Jesus that actually will bring a revival that says, hey, you must now, here's the fork in the road, you must give the rest of your life to revival and for the kingdom of God, amen? It starts with a secret place. We're stepping into a season of giving a fresh big yes, a bigger yes than we ever have before. Once again, simple things, it's giving up that TV show. It's giving up that novel that you love and picking up the word. It's giving up that night of the week, whatever that means. It's giving up that luxury of some sort. It's a full surrender. See, I've heard conversations with some Christians before where if you start giving up anything to Jesus, it's kind of looked up as like legalism or something. Like, oh, why do you have to do that? Don't do Like, no. But church, for us, as Saints Hill Church, in this season, I believe we must swim against that cultural current and be the church that says, with everything, I'm going to follow the lamb wherever he goes. And I am dying to all of this stuff. It doesn't matter. If it's that TV show, it's different for every single person. There's no formula. If that's, if it's the TV show for you, if it's actually saying, hey, like I, my schedule is way too full. I feel busy. That's weird. I need to give more time to Jesus and get in that prayer closet, whatever it looks like. That's what it looks like. It's not I want to be bold enough to say that if it's out of relationship and you're calling your dwelling place, it's not legalism. Guys, we're not supposed to look like civilians. Spoiler alert. God's calling us from the fringes to say, hey, I'm pulling you in to have a holy conversation with me. And that looks like giving up things. But it's a beautiful surrender, amen? Come on. See, in John 15, a passage we all know, Alex actually has taught on it a lot. He says this, let me read it to you. I am the vine... You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. (laughs) Guys, in this next season that we're stepping into, we cannot afford to not abide. I know it sounds intense, but I'm kind of serious about this thing. I'm actually taking Jesus at his word as like a fellow like Saints Hillian I'm taking Jesus at his word and saying, if I don't abide in this next season, I'm going to wither up. It's not a fear thing, but I'm taking it that, soldiers for Christ, as cheesy as it sounds, come on. What we're going to do is lay our life down to the point where we actually say, no, I've withered before and I don't like it, I'm going to lay down everything and I'm going to take Jesus at his word and I'm going to, and this is what he says, if you don't abide in me, this is what happens. If you don't cultivate the secret place, you'll wither. Revival's coming. So Saints Hill Church, let's all stand. Is anyone encouraged? I'm encouraged. The band can kind of come up as well. I want to end by reading over you Psalm 91 again, but this time it's in a different translation. I'm going to read it out of one called the Passion Translation. Um... If you feel comfortable, go ahead and open up your hands and just receive as I read this over over you. I have the feeling that when I start reading this, just like I made that joke before, I believe uh, I call him Jehovah Sneaky. If you don't like that term, if you don't agree with anything I said today, my email is alex.retman at But I have a feeling that when I start reading this psalm over you, I believe Jehovah Sneaky is going to start falling on you with fresh joy and courage. That once again, there's going to be a a heaviness on your heart in the best sense of like a holy burden of actually saying, Jesus, I'm going to give it to you once again. I'm going to read Psalm 91 in the Passion Translation. It's so good. When you sit enthroned under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me. He's the only God for me in my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night. That's for somebody here. I'm going to read it again. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night nor have the fear or nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. I tell you, don't fear a thing, whether by night or by day. Demonic danger danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives with the shadow of the God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. It's good news. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. I love this, because you have delighted in me as my great lover. I will greatly protect you. I will set you in a high place, safe and secure, before my face. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will find and feel my presence even in your time of pressure and trouble. I love this. Let this wash over you. I will be your glorious hero and give you a feast. You will be satisfied with full life with all that I do for you, for you enjoy the fullness of my salvation.